Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm so excited that you're here this week. And uh, I, I really believe that this topic is going to resonate with uh, most of you, if not all of you. I have to believe that what I want to share with you, what's on my heart this week, isn't my own sad story, <laughs> but I have some friends out there that can, that can nod their heads and say, oh yeah, I've uh, felt that too. I want to talk to you this week about having nothing to prove in this world, nothing to prove. Have you ever, ever felt like you just are having to prove yourself in order to be noticed, to be recognized somehow, you know, to, I don't know, to kind of stand out maybe? And, you know, I think that for sure we can see that within the workplace, you know, if especially if we are wanting to be promoted in a certain area or, uh, you know, we have, you know, reviews coming up or, or, or whatever, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to show that we are um, capable leaders and that we have the skill set to be able to lead in this certain capacity or, or we have the skill set and the experience to be promoted and to take on additional responsibilities. But that's really not what I'm talking about this week. What I'm talking about is somehow in this world, we can feel from time to time this, just this nagging pull on the inside of us to have to prove ourselves in this world. And I think that there's something that is unhealthy behind the motive of us feeling like we need to prove ourselves. There's something that we're hoping to gain by doing that. And as I, as I kind of just paint this picture for us, I really believe that, you know, you're either going to be able to paint your own, um, paint your own picture, um, from your own life, your own experiences. But, uh, I just really think that so many of us can, can resonate with this. You know, we're, we're wanting to, um, like I said, just to be noticed, to be recognized, to stand out somehow. Sometimes we're, we're trying to prove ourselves because we want to be known for something. Sometimes it's just an issue of pride in our hearts. Um, you know, we're trying to stand out a little bit more. We, we want some, just some accolades, some pats on the back there. And, and again, I'm not talking about 
um, you know, just every now and then we all need to be affirmed and be told that we're doing a good job and, you know, just those encouraging, exhorting type words. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's there's just an issue of pride within us sometimes, not for everybody, but definitely that can be an unhealthy motive. We're looking for people to express their approval of us and our decisions. Um, and so we're trying to prove ourselves somehow. And I think that really the, the crux of our unhealthy motive in wanting to prove ourselves, if we're really going to boil it down and really get down to the root of it, I think that there's an insecurity somewhere in us. And I don't know, I mean, I might be wrong about that, but I feel like for myself, every single time I have felt like I needed to prove myself in some way, shape, or form. If I were honest, I could trace it back to a, a little piece of insecurity in me somehow. I was I was looking for, for something. I was hoping to gain something from someone or a group of people if I somehow proved myself in their eyes, you know, if I proved myself as being worthy or valuable in their eyes, if I somehow proved myself in, you know, being an intelligent person or having a certain skill set or having, you know, leadership capacity or whatever it was, when all along, it seems like for me, every single time I have tried to you know, prove myself to gain those things, the goalpost seems to constantly be moved. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you at all? And I think that it's because the world's system, the world's ways of doing things, the world's mindset, it's always changing. And so that's why it's so important for us to really understand that our worth and our value, our identity, our approval, our acknowledgement, our affirmations, our validation, all, all of the things that our hearts need and crave for comes from Jesus. It comes from Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want to talk to you a little bit this week about just having nothing to prove and, you know, being free to live as the woman of God that God created you to be in this world without anything to prove. And so I want to boil this down to our identity in Christ. You know that, you know, if you've been around me for any length of time, you know that I'm really passionate about this this message, this topic of our identity in Christ. And, you know, I really believe that it's because God has done such a, just such a, a powerful trans, transformative work in me over the years in this area of my identity in Christ. And, you know, I believe that what he does in us, he then wants to do through us. And so the overarching message of She Rises is really to see women set free from anything that would hold them back in believing that they are everything God says that she is, everything that you are, anything that would hold you back from just really leaning into that and living as a confident woman in this world, fully secure in your identity in Christ. And so, you know, when people say, is identity really that big of a deal? 
Uh, yeah, it really is. You know, when we're not secure in that, but we are, you know, going through life insecure in different ways, man, it just really, it really messes with us. It, it affects our relationships with other people. It affects how, I believe, how we pray, how we worship, how we approach God. It affects our relationship with him. It can affect our marriages. Uh, just, you know, all the things that we say yes to. It, there's just, you know, different responses that we have to situations and in relationships. And so identity it's a big deal. And I'm going to show you that it was a big deal to Jesus too. So while I feel like, yeah, it is important that we take, you know, measures uh, to protect our personal identity, you know, on our phones and our laptops and, you know, our demographic type information, bank accounts, social security. Now, all those things are really important that we have safety and protection, you know, around those things. Absolutely. I mean, we would be foolish to not do that, especially in the world that we're living in. But I would like to humbly suggest today that a greater, uh, a greater piece of our identity is who we are in Christ. That even trumps that trumps even our personal identity. It's because everything stems from who God is, right? Who we believe he is in our lives, who the, believing that, that we belong to him, first and foremost, whose we are, and then knowing who we are. So identity, it is a really big deal. Let me ask you, what would it look like for you to rise and take a stand in all that God has created you to be as it relates to who you are in Christ. What would change in your life? How would you how would you approach certain areas of your life? What would you say yes to? How would your prayers change? How would your relationships change? Let me even ask you this, if I can kind of get all up in your stuff here. And again, you know, I'm not, you know, pointing my finger. These are things that I've had to work out in my own life. And so that's why I'm so passionate about them. What would change in your life if you, if you fully gave your faith over to who you are in Christ, how would, how you talk about yourself, how would that change? How would that affect how you talk about yourself, how you see yourself, how you think about yourself, about your life and about your future? So identity, oh yeah, it's a really big deal. Jesus approached identity as quite significant in his earthly ministry and if you um if you are newer to your faith uh his earthly ministry is actually um written about and recorded in the first four books of the bible which we refer to as the gospels of matthew mark luke and john so i want to share a little piece about just the importance that jesus placed on his own identity, and then really we're going to see um, how that then, you know, kind of flows down and we need to apply it to our lives as well. From Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 and 15, you know, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples. It, again, if, if you're new to your faith, uh, welcome, by the way, just a little side note, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here, um, and I'm proud of you for leaning in and, and being excited to grow in your faith. But for those that are listening, 
listening and don't know, Jesus had disciples. There were 12 of them that that just really followed him in his earthly ministry. Again, you can read about their different encounters and the things that Jesus taught them in those first four books of, of the New Testament. But in this passage of scripture of Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is asking the disciples, his 12 disciples, a question. He comes into the region of of Caesarea Philippi, and he asks his disciples this question, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say that you're Elijah, And others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So keep that in the forefront of your mind because he asked them this question. Who do other people say that I am? Okay, so he's asking a a broader question. Who do other people say that I am? What are you hearing? In other words, what are you hearing, you know, in in conversation and, and, and within earshot of what other people are saying about me. Who do they believe that I am? And then he says to them, after they give their responses, he narrows and pinpoints the question and straightforward goes right to their hearts and asks them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? I hear what everybody else is saying. I hear their thoughts, their opinions, their viewpoint of me. But I want to know who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? It's important to understand that in asking this question, Jesus wasn't seeking a compliment. He wasn't trying to trick them. And he most definitely was not confused about who he was. He was making a point about identity. And since everything we are, our identity, who we are in Christ, begins first with who he is, it's important to establish that he is everything that he says that he is. You see, we cannot confidently say, I am everything that God says that I am. We cannot confidently walk through our lives fully secure in everything that Jesus says that we are if he first wasn't secure in who he was, in who he was. He was not confused about who he was. He was not confused about his position as as the son of God. He was not confused about the savior of the world. He was not confused about being salvation to, to all mankind. He was not confused about being the Messiah that had been believed for and sought after and, and prayed about and studied. He was not confused about his identity. And so if he's not confused about his identity, well, then my friend, he doesn't want you to be confused about your identity either. He wants you to be fully secure in everything he says that you are. In John's gospel, which is the fourth book of the New Testament, Jesus made seven declarations of himself referred to as the seven I am's the seven I am statements. And in making those declarations, he's proclaiming who he is. Again, his identity. So he's kind of got a pattern here going, right? He's really trying to emphasize, 
identity is a big deal, and it should be to you and to me as well. When you read in John's Gospel those those seven declarations, I, I really want to point out that that's not an exhaustive list. I mean, he's Jesus, and so, you know, if if that was all he was, was those seven declarations that he declared about himself, that would be far more than enough. But all throughout scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, there are many names of Jesus. There are many declarations of who he is. And so I just want to point out that as you read those seven declarations in in John's gospel, that he's even more than that. But he really is just, again, emphasizing the point that identity is a really big deal. Your identity is firmly anchored in Jesus's finished work. His work, not yours. His victory, not yours. And see right there as it relates to our topic this week, you have nothing to prove. You don't have to earn your identity. You don't have to achieve it. You don't have to try to be good enough. You don't have to just wish for it and and believe one day it'll, you know, kind of fall upon you. You already are everything that he says that you are. Is it fully manifested in your life? You know, I don't know. I'm not you. <laughs> but but I think that all of us are continuing to grow, or at least we should be, and come up higher in these areas um, as it relates to our identity in Christ. I know that I am. I'm gaining over the years, 28 years of serving the Lord. I've grown a lot and I'm continuing to grow in this area of my life and gaining more freedom and more confidence in uh, the position and the identity that God has given to me. But man, because it's it's been given to us through his finished work and not mine, that takes a lot of weight and a lot of pressure off of my shoulders. And I sure hope that it does for you that we have nothing to prove. We have nothing to prove. We have nothing to prove. You, When you know who you are, then you know how to live both within yourself, in other words, leading yourself well, and in relationship toward other people. You don't have to prove your worth and your value to people. You don't have to prove that that you have potential. You don't have to prove that that you have uh, something to offer. That you have gifts. That that you are you know that you have that you have leadership capacity um, in the world. You don't have to prove that 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 you're loved. That you're you know whatever else that you feel like. Man, I just feel like I am constantly trying to prove myself in this area. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do, we have nothing to prove in this world because the one, the one who already sees us, the one who has already given to us our full identity through his finished work on the cross has already given it to us. And he wants you and me to be fully secure, fully confident in what he has given to us, truly knowing who you are in Christ and walking that out in your day-to-day life will have a ripple effect, not only in how you see and talk about yourself, but in how you respond in relationships. Man, 
when when we really begin to align ourselves with kingdom principles uh, in our identity in Christ and we stop feeling like I have to somehow prove myself to you, you know, wow, I mean, there's some freedom there. There is some freedom there that uh, I don't have to try to strive to be liked by you. I don't have to try to strive and work harder and achieve, you know, good standing and to be recognized and to somehow stand out because the one, the one who already sees me, I, I, he already knows where I am. He already, he already has placed God-given potential on the inside of me. He's already placed gifts on the inside of me. He already sees me. He already knows me. He already hears me. He's already given me everything that I need to live as a confident woman in this world. It's most likely not a news flash that you and I have an enemy that wants to thwart God's plan for our lives, right? I mean, we have an enemy. You and I, we have an enemy. Um, it's, it's Satan. We have an enemy. And as it relates to our identity, he has a lot to gain if we remain insecure and unclear as to who we are in Christ. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. What things come to your mind that he would gain by keeping you blinded to your identity? What does he have to gain by holding you back and keeping you bound as it relates to your identity in Christ? Ask your, I mean, ask yourself, this is a rhetorical question, but just to kind of you know, foster just some, some, some thought here and invite God and, and the power of his Holy Spirit into this thinking and just kind of, you know, looking, looking um, out over your life and in your relationships and, you know, whatever else is in your life. But how have you held, been held back because of insecurity? How has insecurity motivated you in an unhealthy way to somehow have to try to prove yourself in this world? Uh, for clarity, again, uh, I really want to, I really want to make the make the point that the enemy that we're talking about is not a physical enemy. We we have a real enemy, and um, his name is is Satan, and he he is against us. He's against me. He's against you, and he wants to thwart God's plan for your life and for my life. He wants to bait us with lies. He wants to condemn us. He wants to accuse us and push us back. He he hates freedom, and he hates you know being told that no, I am I am not that. I am this. I am everything that God says that I am. And I'm going to rise as a confident and secure woman in this area. And I'm no longer going to take your bait of lies. I'm not going to entertain your questions or uh, I'm not going to entertain your lies in my life. I'm not going to entertain and uh, continue to give place for you at my table to have conversation with me and bait me to get me to question if what I read about my identity in Christ, if it applies to me or if it's just for somebody else or if I have to keep trying to prove myself before I can walk as a confident, secure woman in everything that Jesus already gave to me through his death and resurrection on the cross. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, as much as it appears, and maybe <laughs> on some days it even feels like it, our real enemy is not our husband's. It's not the coworker that drives you nuts. It's not your nosy neighbor. It's not those in leadership over us. It's not the government, even though maybe um, we would temp be tempted to believe that it is, especially nowadays. Our enemy, my enemy and your enemy is a spiritual one. And make no mistake, he has a lot to gain by keeping you from rising in your full identity in Christ. The enemy wants to keep you contained. He wants to keep you contained. He wants to keep you boxed in. Um, he wants to keep you held back. He wants to keep you pushed down. Why? Because you know what? God's beautiful plan for your life, the potential that you are carrying on the inside of you, the things that you bring to the table, the light that you are, are called to shine in this world is a threat to his plan and his agenda in your life. You are a threat to him. Your light that you want to shine in this dark world is a threat to him. You lifting your voice for for things that that matter uh, to the kingdom is a threat to his plan. You understanding that that you are uh, a carrier of God-given potential is a threat to him. You understanding that right now at this very moment, you have gifts given to you, placed on the inside of you from your creator God is a threat to your enemy. You understanding that Jesus already completed the work on the cross and in his finished work gave you your identity is a threat to his plan and to his agenda. Man, it is time for us as women to just rise up in this area and say no, to draw a line in the sand and say no more, no more. I am not going to entertain uh, lies from the enemy. I'm no longer going to be confused about, about who I am in Christ. I'm no longer going to entertain questions and um, speculation about, is this for me? Is it just for someone else? Do I have to prove myself somehow before I can live confidently and live securely? Today is your day. Make today your day that you say, I've done that in the past, but today is a new day. I am no longer doing that. I believe that Jesus did a complete work on the cross and I am everything that he says that I am. I love that we see. <laughs> if you think, if you think that that you're the only one that has ever been tempted and baited by this enemy, I want you to kind of rest easy today that you are not alone. I experience it. Everyone on planet Earth experiences it. And you know what? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, even experienced it. Let me read this to you. It's just a few verses here. I, I typically don't read a whole lot of scripture over a podcast episode, but it's really worth our time to uh, see how the enemy tempted Jesus 
in his identity, in who he was, and he does the same thing to you and to me. Again, we're going to look at Matthew's gospel, uh, but we're going to look at chapter 4, verses 3 through 10. When the tempter, who is Satan, let's just stop right there for a minute. The Bible, the Bible points him out and exposes him as the tempter. He's the tempter, came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he, Jesus, answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, It is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Come on, somebody. I mean, wow. Those few verses are so packed. I feel like I could do an entire series of podcast episodes on those verses. But let me point out again that Satan is referred to as the tempter. He is referred to as the tempter. And every time, every time Jesus says to him, for it is written, it is written. Listen, I love that, that the scripture shows, the scripture shows that, that Satan, you know, he kind of twisted the word of God, really. He tried to manipulate and tried to confuse Jesus. He tried to use scripture against Jesus um, because he... He says, you know, he says to Jesus, you know, if you if you throw yourself down, you know, he'll give his angels charge over you and and they'll bear you up. And, you know, and and, uh, you know, all these things, you know, just kind of kind of using scripture against Jesus. And so I, I love that scripture records that because it gives you and me peace in our hearts that, you know what, sometimes the enemy uh, is masked as, as an angel of light when he is all about darkness. He is darkness. Make no mistake, there's no light in him. But you know, he is a manipulator, he's a trickster, and he wants to he wants to bring confusion. And so when you and I, when we feel tempted, when when those lies come in our minds, because we know that our minds are the battlefield, when those thoughts come like, is this really for me? We need to be proactive in our faith and arrest those thoughts, arrest like Jesus did. He says, no, 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 I, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Jesus said, it is written. He he did what I encouraged you to do just a couple of minutes ago. He drew a line in the sand, so to speak. Not, not literally, but so to speak. He's like, listen, no, it is written. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not even going to have conversation with you about it. This is not, this is not up for debate. My identity and who I am and the reason why I am here on planet Earth is, 
is not up for debate. I'm not going to debate this with you. And so listen, that gives you and me some freedom. I mean, are you getting some freedom here that we do not have to entertain the lies of the enemy that tells us that we need to somehow prove ourselves in this world? It is a lie. We are being baited every time we feel like we have to prove ourselves in this world. It is not up for debate. Our identity is not up for debate. The enemy had so much to gain had Jesus not stood in the position given him by God. The enemy had a lot to gain. There was a lot on the line there because, you know, when he went to the cross, he overcame everything. He did a complete finished work on the cross. He left nothing undone. He took the 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 keys of of hell and defeated every single attack, weapon, and foe that the enemy would cast your way and my way. He defeated it all. He stripped and dismantled anything that the enemy would want to use in an effort to thwart God's plan for our lives. He stripped the power of it. He dismantled it. The enemy has no power over you. He has no power over your identity. He has no power over your life. And and so we continue, we continue to, you know, kind of Oh gosh, how do I say this? Not not give him power, but we give him some kind of some kind of authority in our lives when we when we don't draw those hard lines. When we when we, you know, kind of sit and think about it. Well, maybe maybe that's true. Maybe that lie is true. Maybe that question is true. I don't know. Did God really say that about me? Is that really true? Can I apply that to my life? Can I apply that to my situation, to my relationships? I don't know. Maybe you know, and so see how we begin to kind of entertain and then we're giving the enemy a foothold in in our lives. And you know what? Once he has a foothold in our lives, he can build a stronghold and he is not welcome. He's not welcome in my life. He's not welcome in your life. Stop. Let's stop making a, a, a place at the table for him because he is he is an unwelcomed guest. He does not belong in our lives. He does not belong at the table. He has nothing. He has nothing to offer us. So we've established that he had a lot. He had a lot to to gain if Jesus would have caved to the temptation of of Satan and you know you know bowed down and worshipped him or you know turned turned the stones into bread you know like Satan was trying to tempt him to do. Could he have done that? Absolutely. He was the son of God, but he knew, he knew what was going on here. He was aware. He wasn't passive. He, he wasn't going to be blinded. And listen, we can't afford to be that way either. We need to be wide awake. We need to be alert. We need to be aligned with the kingdom and activated in our faith. Look at how many times he tempted Jesus in those few verses, how many times he tempted Jesus and all of the varied methods that he tried. But every time, let me point this out, each time he tried to tempt Jesus to think anything less than he was, he was using the words, if you are, if you are. In other words, he was hoping to get Jesus to question his identity. 
he was hoping to get Jesus to reconsider or question who he was. If you are, if you are, and you know what? Doesn't he do that to us, right? If you are forgiven, if you are loved, if you really are secure, if you really are God's beloved, if you really are chosen, see all of that? If you are, and what did Jesus say? Away with you, away with you, for it is written, it is written. Jesus quoted the word back to him, and that is our line of defense. It is the truth of the word of God. He was asking, and he's baited you and me with that same question. If you are, he wants you to question your identity, your position in Christ, and he wants you to question the truth. Looking back over those verses, I want to I want to be sure once again to point out that Satan was tempting Jesus with with things such as his position and his identity. Jesus already had them. Satan had nothing to offer him. He couldn't give him that position and that authority because Jesus already had it. He already had it. Jesus did not need a single thing from the enemy. All power, all rule, all authority had already been given to him. It had already been given to him. And ladies, and ladies, I just really believe that God, God wants you to be a confident woman in this world. That you don't have to continue to debate your identity and question who you are. Make this the day. Make this the day right now. Are there some lines that maybe you need to draw in your life? Make this the day that you begin to rise and take the position that has already been given to you to fully lend your faith and all of who you are to the truth of who you are in Christ, that you have nothing to prove, that you have nothing to prove. Not one thing. You have nothing to prove. The one, the one, who, the one who created you, he approves of you. He approves of you. The one, who, the, the one who created you, he's chosen you. The one who created you, he loves you. The one, who, the one who created you, he sees you, he hears you, he knows your name, he calls you by your name. You have nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove. You don't have to somehow work for harder, use fancier words, or incorporate this or that to somehow prove your worth and value before God will will use you to further uh, his kingdom on the earth. You have something on the inside of you that this world needs, that this world needs nothing to prove. Every single day, he takes ordinary people just like me and just like you and does extraordinary things through each of us to reach this world. I don't know about you, but it's it's just really amazing and causes a lot of awe and wonder on the inside of me that the Most High God, who can do it all by himself, invites every single one of us to join him in what he wants to do here on the earth. Listen, daughter of the King, daughter of the living God, sister, you're my sister in the Lord. Let's give him our obedient yes 
our obedient yes to bravely step into our full identity that Jesus Christ has already bought and paid for us and be who God created us to be in this world. Make this the day that you decide I am done trying to prove myself. I am done trying to prove myself. I pray for you today. I just pray today that this is the beginning of you rising to the position that you already have been given by God, your creator, that you would be willing to commit to growth in this area and by faith, ask him to help you to receive everything that he wants to give to you. I pray that he will make you aware of times when the enemy is trying to deceive you into thinking of yourself, your life, and your future, anything less than what God does. Align yourself. Align yourself. Man, break up, break the contract, burn the contract that you had with the lies of the enemy, with with just constantly debating who you are in Christ and feeling like you have to prove yourself. Man, destroy that contract. Break, break, break up with that. Turn from that and fully align yourself with kingdom truth, with kingdom principles. Because listen, who you are in Christ, that's how he sees you. That's how he thinks about you. That's how he sees and thinks about your life and about your future. And you know what? That is how he leads you. That's how he leads you. And you cannot wait. You and I cannot wait for our feelings to be our motivator here. Because you know what, my friend? Man, I just implore you to not wait for your feelings to be your motivator before you start believing and adopting kingdom principles in who you are in Christ. Because you could be waiting a really long time and quite possibly all of your life, your feelings, your feelings, they, they don't have a voice here. They don't have a voice here because our feelings can betray us every single day. Our feelings can be up and down depending on what's going on around us, who is supporting us, who's encouraging us, who, who is, you know, um, showing up in our lives. Listen, God is in your life. God is for you. He's not against you. God is by your side. God is the one that is that is leading you and has already equipped you and empowered you through his Holy Spirit. It is time to rise up and let's be the world changers that God designed us to be in this world for such a time as this. He is leading you triumphantly. Scripture tells us that he only leads us triumphantly. He doesn't lead us into defeat. He doesn't lead us in a way that we have to somehow prove ourselves. He leads us confidently, securely, safely. He leads us victoriously. He leads us triumphantly. And that means you too. That includes you. All right. I hope that this episode just really was just a shot in the arm that you needed this week. I hope that your faith has been fanned back into flame. I just really believe that you were spurred on in your faith. And if you want to just have some have some resources in your hand, uh, I'm just going to give a shameless plug to a couple of resources that I've off, uh, authored here recently that God is just really using in a very impactful way. And so so many uh, women's lives are being transformed. I mean, 
<laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I I've just been in awe of some of the testimonies that I'm receiving of what God is doing. So the first one is my latest book that I had published last fall. Uh, if you don't know, I'm a three-time author. My third book, uh, Her Heart is Free, Rising Healed and Whole, was uh, published last September. And um, it, you know, kind of, it talks really about about this area, about who you are in Christ and overcoming the, the need for, um, you know, approval from other people, overcoming rejection, overcoming people pleasing, you know, overcoming the hurt of, of when people walk out of our lives or change their minds about us and feeling like we have something to prove in this world. Um, you know, feeling like we're just never measuring up and I'm always having to try to prove myself. So grab that resource. You can find it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. You can get it on my website. And then in February of, you know, just a couple of months ago, I published my first devotional, 30-day devotional for women. And it is all about your identity in Christ. For 30 days, I'm going to be speaking into your life a different piece of identity each day for 30 days. And so I'm already getting um, just a lot of uh, just a lot of encouraging feedback from that devotional and man, so I just I just want to put those resources before you. You can grab the devotional on Amazon. It's only like six bucks. So grab those resources. You know, we, we just really need to uh, be absorbing truth, right? We really need to be turning down the voices of the world and turning up God's voice and making his voice the loudest in our lives. And so I'm excited to offer those resources to you. So go ahead and grab those resources. And I, I just love championing you on. I believe in you. I'm believing for you. Have a fabulous week and I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.